Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. First Assembly, he's our living hope. He is our living hope. I'm so glad that you have joined us this morning and wherever you're joining us from, we're so thankful that you are here worshiping with us today. You know, we are gonna be together very soon. You would have received a letter from me this week. It's announcing our, our plan to come back safe in stages so we can come back strong. But the good news is that one week from tonight, which is June 28th, we're gonna be gathering together here in person, in this building, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna lay the foundation before we, we open up to the next stage. We're gonna lay the foundation in weekly prayer. And I want to invite you to join us and to participate in that. You're going to have to register. And all the details, if you didn't get the letter, are on the website. You can go to the COVID-19 update section. And I would encourage you to check that out. But we are so excited to be back together, praying together. And we know that God is going to grace us. He's, he's already been gracing us in such a powerful and profound way, transforming us in this season. Do you feel it? And when the church comes back together to pray, we are going to lay a foundation in prayer and, and ask God to continue to do what he has started in us. And so we're excited about that, and I can't wait for you to join with us. Well, dads, it's Father's Day, and I want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads. And I believe that this message today is going to encourage you. It's going to help you. It's going to build you. It's going to strengthen you in your business. It's going to strengthen you in your marriage. It's going to strengthen you as a dad to your kids in your friendship circle. It's going to strengthen you as someone who is called to the local church, to this local church, to the body of Christ, to be a leader, to be the man of God that God's called you to be. But I believe that this message today, that there is something for everybody. There is something for everybody today because we can apply what the Word of God shows us this morning to all of our lives. And so we're trusting God for a powerful, powerful time in the Word. And at the end, we're gonna pray together and we're gonna ask God to pour out His Spirit in a fresh way upon our lives. Are you ready? It, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, come together at the end and it's gonna be a, a, an amazing time. So I want you just to begin to prepare your heart even now and even as we unpack the word this morning that you would prepare your heart to say, God, I, I want everything you have for me today. I want a fresh touch of your spirit on my life. I, I want a fresh anointing on my life because I believe God has that for you today and he has that for our church as he, as he is getting us ready now to, to move into the next stage of, of gathering together again in person. Man, this is exciting. And so I'm sensing already right now that there are people that are watching, even right now, and, and God has been doing something in your life and, and, and you feel and you sense and you know that, that the Lord has been speaking to you about things. He's been breaking down areas that have hindered you. And friend, he loves you so much. And so let's, let's really take that posture that we just invite God today to do whatever he desires to do in us. He loves us. He's such a good father. He has so much for us today. Well, we're in a series back to the basics. And we've been looking back at the early church and saying, Lord, as we look back to the early church, when you poured out your spirit on Pentecost and, and the early church was birthed from that movement, from that place, what are some of the things that that you are reminding us of, God. You're reminding us, First Assembly, how we can get back to what really matters, back to the basics of serving you and loving you and being the church. 
And so Pastor James shared a great message uh, last week on gospel community. And I started the series a couple weeks ago on, on the fact that they devoted themselves, the spirit of, of devotion, just that heart of devotion going after the Lord. So let me read our, our anchor chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 is our, our anchor text. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. And then back to Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, it says that they were all together in one place. I want to just talk to us today about how we can be a unified church. Oh, I know we already are a unified church, First Assembly, but I believe that what God wants to do is he wants to unite us together like we've never been united together before. And I believe that in that place of being united, being together as the church, not just physically, we're going to be coming back together physically soon. We've, we've been scattered. But there's something that God has been preparing, and he's calling us to be a united church. He's calling us to be together as the body of Christ in a way that I don't believe we've quite experienced yet. And I've been praying for you, and I've been praying for us. I've been praying for our church, and I, I believe God has so much, but it's going to come in that context and in that environment where we yield our hearts again to the Lord and to each other. We say, God, show us what it means to truly be one, truly be the answer to your prayer, Jesus, that we would be one. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get right into the message today. And like I said, we're going to minister, have a time of ministry and prayer at the end too. So, so hang in for that. Father, I thank you for First Assembly. I thank you for my beautiful church family that you've placed me in. And God, each one of us, we contribute and we play a role. And, and Lord, you have so much in your heart for us. And I pray, God, today that you would grace us and empower us. Lord, we need a fresh outpouring of your spirit. We need a fresh anointing upon our lives and upon our church. And we ask you these things today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right. So say amen to somebody that you're sitting beside. I know that there's community groups that are starting to meet together. And so maybe some of you are meeting in a home. Maybe you're with your family today, or maybe you're just dialing in online by yourself. I want to encourage you, though, that wherever you are, God sees you, he knows you, and he's got so much for you today. He's got a word for you today that I believe is going to be significant in your life. It's going to make a difference in your life and in my life and all of our lives because each one of us need a fresh anointing. And I believe that the Lord is going to empower us to maintain and to build the unity in our church. Uh, there is so much disunity in the world right now. There is so much craziness do you, do you sense that? I, I, it's just like, it's like the enemy has been working overtime, even over the last number of weeks and the last couple of months as we've gone into this season of the pandemic. It started with the pandemic and fear, and then it moved to crisis and financial crisis, and, and, and then there was the, the, the killer hornets, I think, was another thing that happened, and then there was, and then, then the, the rise again of of just the subject of, of, of racism and everything that happened with George Floyd. And, and then there now, you know, now it's protests and there's uh, crazy things that are happening all around. And we 
should not fear. But we know that the enemy is a liar. We know that the devil is a liar and he seeks to kill and to rob and to destroy. And he's been working overtime to divide and to bring disunity. And as the church, we are called, we are called to be people that commit our hearts to one another, that commit our hearts to protect the unity that is in Christ, to protect what God has established and already given us as, as his church. And so we have an opportunity in this world that is so divided and so broken and, and, and so desperate and so fearful and fearful of one another and fearful of other people and fearful of what could happen. We have the opportunity and God wants to pour out fresh anointing upon First Assembly to be a united church, to be, to be a church in unity, in Christ, loving one another, loving God like we've never, ever experienced before. And I've been praying into it this week, and I believe that even this morning, things are going to begin to shift. Things are going to begin to change. Things are changing already in the atmosphere, and we declare and we decree that First Assembly, we stand together. We stand together as the church that God has called in this city. We declare it and we decree it, and no matter what the enemy is trying to bring against us right now, what the enemy is trying to bring against the world, what he's trying to bring to, to bring division and sow seeds of doubt and fear and, and trying to keep people separated from each other and isolated from each other, I am telling you, God is about to pour out a fresh anointing, a commanded blessing, because where there is unity, there is blessing. Where there's unity in your home, there's blessing. Where there's unity in your marriage, there's blessing. Where there's unity with your children, there's blessing. There's a commanded blessing. There's an anointing that flows. There's an anointing that flows in a place where God's people say, I'm not just here going it my own way. I'm not just here to get, in it for, get, get what it's in it for me in church. I'm not just here to play my instrument and just kind of get a gig so I can get something better. I'm not just here to, to just sign up for this program or, or just be part of this thing because I, I, I need some things for myself. It's not about self. It's about us. It's about us together. It's about unity. God has called us to be his church and he's called us together and we got to pay attention to that and we got to come together in that and we got to fight for it and we got to preserve it and we got to protect it and we got to build it and we got to come together and say, God, as we come together in a greater unity than we've ever experienced before, we know that you are about to pour out upon us. He's about to pour out something fresh. Unity doesn't happen by accident. Unity doesn't just happen like all of a sudden, well, yeah, we're all together. And unity is a lot more than just being together in the same room. There's something deeper. There's something spiritual. There's something more that God has for you and for me. There's something more that he has right now for your family. Dads, there's something God has more in your marriage. It's not just being together in the same house, in the same location. But it doesn't just happen by accident. There's a responsibility that we have. And then there's a responsibility that God has. When we come together in unity, he, he does something that is so supernatural and so powerful. So let's look at what is our part in this. Firstly, when we look at the book of Ephesians chapter four, we, we look at this part of uh, the, the, the chapter four where Paul is talking to the ancient city of Ephesus, the church that is in Ephesus. And at the beginning, he's talking to the, the Ephesian believers. They're new believers, and he's telling them about their position in Christ. And he's telling them about God's mercy and God's grace. And this is who you are in Christ. You're secure in Christ. But he's saying because you're, you're secure in that position, he calls them to maturity. And unity demands that we walk in a greater maturity. Unity, unity doesn't just happen. 
Togetherness as the church doesn't just happen. It demands that we put away our, child, our, our childishness, uh, our, our, our selfishness. We should say childlike, but our childishness needs to go. We're not called to be childish. We're called to be mature. We're, we're, we're called to grow in Christ. And this is, this is our part. So Paul says in Ephesians, he says this in chapter four, as a prisoner of the Lord, he's writing as a prisoner, uh, he's writing to them saying, remember that time I was with you. And he's, he's fondly remembering the Ephesians, the believers. He says, and I urge you then, he says, to live a life worthy of your calling. This is maturity. We're called to live a life worthy of what Jesus has done for us. What he's done for us positionally, now we are called to practice and to walk with Christ. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Every effort. He says, keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He says, there is, there is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and who is through all and in all. Unity is represented here, as Paul mentions, he says, it's, it's, we're, we're one body. He, he uses this imagery and this, this picture in other parts of the scripture as well, that we are a body. We are the body of Christ and just like the human body, we're all, we all play a different role. There's diversity in the body. We, we, need, we need fingers. We need ears. We need, we need noses. We need kneecaps. We need all the body coming together in unity. And so Paul is reminding them that you are a body. And unity, he's reminding them, it is a choice. Because we are a body, unity is a choice. It has nothing to do with, with people being the same as you or me. Unity embraces the, the uniqueness, the differences that we have. Unity says we are different and, and we each play a different role in the body of Christ. Uniquely, we are all unique and different. And God has made us that way. God made us that way from the beginning. God made us that way, male and female and from every tribe and nation. God has made us unique and we each play a very vital role, an important role in being the body of Christ. You know, there is so much, like I mentioned, division, and I believe there's spiritual warfare right now just across the planet that I don't think maybe we've ever experienced before. Oh, you might say, well, I watch the news and there's this and that, and there's this problem. It just seems like there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems that are manifesting in the natural, but what's happening is there are principalities and powers. There are, there are wicked powers, and we know this from Ephesians as well, that Paul talks about that we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And what we are seeing in our world today, we have to wake up and realize and understand that we are in the middle of a spiritual battle. More, more than this is a political battle, more than this is a, a health crisis, more than, than this is misunderstanding between people, more than this is anything else. And there are very important issues that, are, that need to be talked about and discussed. But more than anything else, this is a spiritual battle that the enemy is coming to seek, he see, or rather he's seeking to kill and to rob and to destroy. And this is what he does. He's a killer. He's a robber. And he seeks to destroy unity in God's church, in God's people. 
He destroys, seeks to destroy unity in families. He seeks to destroy unity in marriages. He seeks to destroy and separate people from each other so that they're misunderstanding one another, so that they're angry at each other, so they're disunified, they're, they're out of sync with each other. Because the enemy knows that when the people of God choose to mature and to grow up and to say we're going to protect and guard and maintain we're going to maintain this unity that God has gifted us with as the body of Christ. We are his body and we're not going to allow our body to be, to be damaged or chopped up or, or separated. We're going, to, we're going to come together and we are going to maintain a, a greater level of unity so we can attain a greater level of unity in the Lord. And I want to just say something to our First Assembly family. A couple of weeks ago, I shared how my heart grieved so much with everything that was happening in the world where racism and all these things, prejudice, and these things have just come again to the surface. And it's, it's broken my heart to, to see and to, and to hear and to learn the cries of people who have been impacted and affected by this horrible sin of racism. But in case there is any doubt I want to declare and say that there is no place, there is no toleration of racism at all at First Assembly. It will not be tolerated. Any attitude, any mindset, or any action that would be racist, it is absolutely not welcome in this house. That is not who we are. We are children of God. We fight for one another. We love one another deeply. One of the most beautiful things about our church family is the diversity. And friends, I would, it breaks my heart to think that anybody would ever feel in any way for a moment less than somebody else in any way, or if anybody would ever feel treated that way. It breaks my heart. And so my heart as your shepherd and as your pastor is to say, we're going to mature we're going to grow in this. We're, 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 going to, we're going to seek unity like we've never sought unity before. We're going to love one another. We're going to listen to one another. We're going to know one another. We're going to celebrate one another. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make sure that there is not one person because of the color of their skin or the class, you know, the, the house that they grew up in or the income level that they experienced or the addictions that they've had in their life or, or wherever they are from or where, whatever background that they, they find themselves from. Everybody is welcome here in this house. We love you. And our mission and our, our, our heart is to love all people to Jesus. And this is the church. This is what Paul is saying to the Ephesians. He is saying, he is saying, I'm calling you now because of what Jesus did for you positionally. I'm calling you now practically to grow up and to mature in unity. And this is God's heart. And he says, spare no effort or maintain or keep or guard. So here's what unity requires from all of us. Paul talks about this and he highlights it. Humility. He says, with all humility, that we would humble ourselves before one another. That we would say, God, if there's any pride or arrogance in my heart, I'm asking you, Lord, to, to show that to me, that I would walk in a greater humility in my life. It says that Moses was the most humble man that ever lived. Jesus himself said that he is meek and lowly of heart and humble and gentle. And we seek to be like Jesus. We seek to, to be like him in our lives, not 
proud or arrogant or walking around, you know, thinking that we're somehow better than anybody else. We say, Lord, we just want you to continue to heal us so that we can be more like Jesus, humble like Jesus. And Paul says it's gentleness as well. Gentleness and patience, that we're patient with people. And Paul brings all these things. He calls the Ephesian believers to be humble and patient and gentle with one another. So that's our commitment, that we would be his church, humble, patient with each other, listening to each other, learning from each other, and gentle, not, not speaking harshly to each other, kindly, going out of our way to, to build friendships, going out of our way to find out more about one another. This is how unity is protected. This is how unity grows. This is how unity happens in the body of Christ. And then there are things, obviously, that destroy unity. Paul goes on to verse 25. He talks about lying. He says, therefore, each of you must put away falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So there's no place for, for lying. Lying brings division in the body. And then he talks about speaking the truth and, and that we should not speak falsehood to each other, but that we would be speakers of truth. And then in verse 26, he says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you were still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. That means that we should not have an unforgive, we should not carry an unforgiving spirit around in our heart. We should not, we should not have an unforgiving spirit but we should be quick to forgive. We, 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 we might get angry at each other. We might get into an argument, but we're, we're going to seek resolve. We're going to have the crucial conversations. We're going to have the, the times where we can get together and say, well, we need to talk about this. And this, this can happen in your home. This can happen not just here in our, our church family, but this can happen in any context, any relationship, not to carry around this unforgiveness. You know, somebody said that unforgiveness is like drinking deadly poison and hoping somebody else dies. That's not who we're called to be. We're not called to be walking around with a chip on our shoulder or with a grudge, but to be forgiving. And so Paul goes on and he's talking, he says, and don't, he says, make sure that you, uh, in your anger, you don't sin. So don't give the devil a foothold. You know that it gives the enemy a place in our lives when we carry anger and unforgiveness and bitterness in our hearts. It actually gives the enemy a foothold or a little crevice I watched a rock climbing show you know, recently and this guy, he climbed up, you sent him National Park without any kind of ropes or anything, just barehanded and he was looking for just every little crack and crevice on the side of that mountain to scale it to the top and all he needed was just a little tiny piece for a couple of his fingers and a tiny little rock that was sticking out for his toe and he could leverage the weight of his whole body up the side of that mountain. When we, in our anger, we sin and we don't deal with it and we don't talk to each other and we don't have those conversations. What happens is we give the enemy just a little, little crevice, just a little, a little rock sticking out on the side, just a little bit of leverage in our lives. Don't give the enemy a foothold. So that's why we need to keep short accounts with each other. Because what happens is we run the risk of being offended. An offense is a trap of the enemy. If the enemy can get us offended at each other, then he's won. But if we can move towards forgiveness, if we can not let the sun go down, if we can have the conversations, then we move towards maintaining and protecting and building unity. And that's our responsibility. 
as mature followers of Jesus is to build the environment for unity to take place in every sphere that we find ourselves in. We're all called to be leaders in every sphere. In every room we walk into, it's our responsibility to say, how can I build the unity here, not tear it down? Not walk around with a, with a, with a, a haughty spirit or pride in my heart, but to seek to, to encourage each other. And if there is somebody who has offended me, to, to forgive them quickly and to bring it to Jesus and to, to bring it to them and, and say, we've got to make this right. That's maturity. That's the maturity that Paul is calling the church to. And that's the maturity that I'm calling us again to, First Assembly, that as we guard and protect the unity. We're called to be a united church, a, a church united in Christ. Jesus talked about offense and he said to his disciples, he says, it's impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're going to get offended, but woe to you if you're the one causing offense. If you're the one not dealing with that unforgiveness and that bitterness in your life. And then Paul goes on, he says, anyone who has been stealing, he must steal no longer, but he must work doing something useful with his own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. So he's saying, don't steal, don't rob from God, don't steal from each other. These things, these things destroy unity. Don't steal each other's time. Don't steal each other's uh, praise or limelight. Don't try to get the credit all the time. Put, put other people before yourself. Don't have a heart that is there to just try to get things. But how can I give in my marriage? How can I give in my family? How can I give to my siblings? How, how can I build unity here rather than just taking? How can I be together here? What does it mean for me to build unity? Then Paul says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. He says, watch your tongue. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. An undisciplined tongue destroys unity. The power of death and life is in the tongue, the Bible says. We choose every day with the words that we say. Watch and guard the words that we say to one another. Watch and guard what we say publicly. Watch and guard what we say even in our heart or on our social, social media accounts. Be careful. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. And in this we are guarding unity because if we are loose with our words and we are flippant with our words, we destroy unity. We run the risk of being the one who is doing the offending as Jesus warned and then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind. And here's the solution. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. God forgave you. He showed you grace. How much more should we Show one another grace. Show one another God's forgiveness, his love. First Assembly, let's be builders and protectors of the beautiful diversity and unity that he has given our church. Let's fight for it. Let's not just stand idly by and just go, well, you know, I guess we're all together in the same room and that's good. Let's, let's push in. Let's push into one another. Let's get to know each other. 
let's come out of this season and as we unite together, we begin praying together and laying that foundation before we, we reopen uh, more fully later in the summer. Let's, let's use this time as we come back together to, to seek the heart of God and to love one another like we've never loved one another before, to believe the best about one another. That's what I just want to call our church family to. When you hear something or you think something and you, you, you wonder about something and you go, I wonder if that person is really on my side. I'm telling you, this church family, we choose, first of all, to believe the best about each other. We don't let offense creep into our hearts. We don't give the devil a foothold. We don't, we don't choose to ignore offense or, or disagreements or misunderstandings. We're going to have them. <laughs> But right away, if something happens and we're not sure about it, maybe this leader said something or this person at the church didn't wave at me or they didn't smile at me today or, or, or maybe it's worse than that. Maybe it's just something that you got deeply offended by. Something happened to you. Something was said to you. Rather than, rather than just going, writing everybody off and saying, well, I'm never going to go back to that church again or you know, that church hurt me or that person hurt me. Paul is calling the Ephesians. He's saying it's time to mature. And I'm calling us. I'm saying, First Assembly, we're going to choose to believe the best about each other. That's the first thing we're going to do. And if we need to find out more, we're going to have the conversation. Biblically, if you have an offense or something happens, don't tell 50 people about it. Go to that person. This builds unity. This builds unity. And this is who we are. And I just declare that we are a church together. We're not lone rangers. We're not, we're not just here in it for what, what's, what's in it for me. We want to be like the book of Acts. We want to be like the, the church in Acts where everything they had was, they, they had togetherness. They had unity. They had a oneness about them. On the day of Pentecost, when they were gathering there, even before they had the Holy Spirit, they were together in that place. They were in one accord, the Bible says, all together in that place. And Peter and John, when they were on their way, uh, the hour of prayer, and they were on their way to the, to the temple, they, 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 the miracle that took place, they, were, they went together. They didn't, just, they didn't just go on their own. They went together. And all throughout the book of Acts, you see that the church was together. They were together in mission. They were together in friendship. They were together in fellowship. There's power in togetherness. When we commit in our hearts that we're going to do this together, we need each other. We've been created for each other, but it requires these things, humility, gentleness, patience towards one another, that we choose not to be destroyers by stealing, by, by our brokenness, by our anger, by, by unresolved issues, by, by offense, allowing offense to build in our lives. And he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I think grieving the Holy Spirit, it's an unyielding heart. It's a heart that might even sense, well, God may be speaking to me about this or there's something in God's word where you read it and it convicts you. And, but then you just go, well, I'm just going to do that later. I'm just going to deal with it another time. I don't really feel like dealing with it right now. But when the Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit, he's the most beautiful, wonderful person that you will ever encounter and walk with in your life. And if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray at the end too, that even in your home, that you would receive a fresh infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the most beautiful person that you've been invited to get to know. He is, he is the Spirit of Jesus. And we can walk with him. And this is what Paul's saying. He's calling, he's calling the, the Ephesians. He's saying, I'm calling you to begin to walk 
in response to what Jesus has done for you to walk with the Spirit. And in Galatians, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. And from the very beginning of this year, we, we said that, that we would follow the cloud. We felt like that was what God was speaking to us about, church. And where the children of Israel were in the wilderness and wherever the cloud went, they would follow the cloud, the cloud being God's presence and wherever God's presence went. And they didn't want to get ahead of it and they didn't want to lag behind it. And this is where we are. We want to move together. And as we move together, even towards reopening and gathering together in person, we're, we're not rushing ahead of what God wants to do. We're allowing God the time. We're allowing God the space in our lives. We shouldn't run a marathon when we still have a bit of a limp. We, we, we have to let God continue to heal us in this time. And part of the healing is he's calling us back to unity. He's calling us back to loving one another with such depth, with such authenticity. First Assembly, when we come back, we're not called to be just together in a big room. What God wants to do is he wants to anoint us with a fresh anointing of his spirit that we would experience true unity, true family, like we've never experienced before. That's what I've been praying for. That's what, I, that's what I'm sensing that God has. It's, he's got so much more, but that's part of what the Lord has as we begin to gather again in person. There's, there, there, I just sense his presence even right now. I just sense his glory. I sense his presence. He's got so much for you. He's got so much for your family. He's got so much ahead. He's got such a future for you. He's, he's, got, he's got so much healing for you. He desires you to walk closer than you've ever walked with him before. He's calling you and me deeper. He's calling us to, to, to know him like we've never known him before. But that blessing is going to come when we choose. We say, we're going we're to mature. And maybe some of you are very mature and you're very unified. And you, you get this whole thing. I bet, though, you can grow in unity. I bet we can all grow. I bet we can all continue to do our best to guard and to protect and to maintain the unity of the Spirit. That's our part. Here's God's part. God's part is that he commands a blessing. Watch this. Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is. In other words, this is good. This is good to be together. How good and pleasant it is, what? When brethren dwell together in unity. And it says this, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing. In other words, this oil that flows down, Christ is the head and then it flows down to the, the body, the, the local church, us, First Assembly. There, there's a fresh anointing coming. And the Lord says, I'm commanding my blessing upon this church. The Lord says, I'm commanding my blessing upon First Assembly. I'm commanding my blessing upon every home, every marriage, every child, every young adult, every person, every senior adult. God's blessing as we, as we set our hearts to say, God, we're going to grow up. We're going to mature. We're going to guard the unity. We're going to maintain the unity. We're going we're to protect it. We're going we're to 
let the unity of the spirit be something that is, that is precious to us in our church family. We're going we're gonna to fight for each other. We're going to speak up for each other. We're going to care for each other. We're going to get to know each other. We're not just going to fill a room and be a bunch of strangers. We are going to move together. And part of it is moving together in community and in community groups and meeting in homes. And they met from home to home in the book of Acts. And this is part of of why we're moving in stages. We want to encourage more time for us now to to realize that the church is not just a Sunday morning gathering, a Sunday morning service. The church is you and me, is you and me saved by Jesus, by what he has done on the cross. And as we come together as the body, as Paul says, we are a body we each play a part, but as a body, we've got to honor one another. We, we've we've got to guard and protect and maintain the unity of the Spirit. And this is God's part. It says that where there is unity, that anointing flows down. It flows down from the head, Jesus Christ. It flows down to the body, down the beard, down, down the robe. And that anointing, where there's unity, what happens, that oil, it gets on the beard, it gets on the robe, and, and, where, and, and wherever the body goes, it smells good. It smells like fresh oil. It smells fragrant. It, and, and we need a fresh anointing, First Assembly. We need a fresh outpouring of God's anointing, but it's not just going to come to individuals. We, and yet God meets individuals and God you know, can minister to you and me in our prayer closet and that's, and that's good. But there is something powerful that is a weapon against the enemy when we come together and we say we are going to be a united church that is together in Christ, together fighting for one another, loving one another, caring for one another. We're going to deal with the own issues of brokenness in our own lives, our own, our own uh, uh, fear. We're going to deal with our, our own words. We're going to deal with, with bitterness and, and all these things. We're going, to, we're going to deal with an undisciplined uh, tongue. We're going to deal with an unyielding heart. We're going to deal with all these things, and we're going to protect. We're going to be gentle. We're going to be humble. We're, we're going to be patient with each other. And then we're going to let God do what only God can do, which is to pour out an anointing, a fresh anointing. Do you want a fresh anointing? He's got a fresh anointing for you, even right now. He's got a fresh anointing for us as we begin to move back into gathering together in person. I'm telling you, a fresh anointing. It's already here. It's already in this place. It's not just this building. It's just, it's here. It's here in this kairos, in this time, in this moment. It's here. If you want it, reach out. Just like that woman that reached out and just touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Sometimes we've got to reach out. Are you going to reach out for it? Are you going to grow? Are you going to choose to be mature? Are you going to commit to, to the local church? Are you going to commit to the heart of this vision that God's called us to? Or are you just going to go in your own way and just and, 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 and live in immaturity? May it never be that you stay where you are. God loves you too much to keep you where you are. He calls you deeper. He's calling you and me deeper. And he's calling us not just individually to grow deeper, but together. They were all together in the upper room. They were all together in the book of Acts. Together is a power that God has called us to experience in a new way as he pours out his anointing. John 17, Jesus prayed this prayer. He prayed for his disciples, but he prayed for all who would believe. That's you and me. He said, Lord, God, Father, he says, I pray that they would be brought to complete unity. Let the world know that you sent me, that you have loved me. He prayed five times that we, in, the, in this prayer here, that we would be united 
He says, I'm not praying for these alone, but also for the future believers who would come. To me, because of the testimony of these, my prayer is for all of them that they will be of one heart and one mind, just as you and I, Father, that just as you and I, you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us and the world will believe that you sent me. He's praying, God, Father, Father, my prayer is for my disciples and, and the ones that are yet to believe. That's you and me in Calgary in 2020. He's praying for us. Let's be the answer to Jesus' prayer. Let's be the answer to Jesus' prayer that we would maintain the unity of the Spirit. Sometimes division happens. Even Paul and Barnabas had a big falling out. They parted company. But when things begin to fall apart, Like Paul says to the Ephesians, we got to mature. We got to lean in. We got to lean into Jesus. We got to lean into each other. We got to maintain. We got to protect the unity of the Spirit. And right where you are, even today, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray dads, especially on this Father's Day, that God would give you a fresh anointing for leadership in your home, a fresh anointing for leadership in your marriage, a fresh anointing for leadership in your business or your workplace or wherever it is. Dads, I want to call you forward as we move through this season into the next season, that you would let God change you. You would let God touch maybe areas of your own heart where you've been, maybe not even intentionally, but there's been disobedience or there's been kind of delay or procrastination or I'll put that off, but, but I'm calling you dads. I'm calling you men of First Assembly. It's time for us to lead. And how God's calling us to lead, and I think it's a simple step forward, is that we would just commit again to say, Lord, I'm gonna do everything I can to be part of building unity. I'm not going to be one that's going to be a lone ranger or go my own way or not. You know, I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm going to be one who loves others, who fights for others, who speaks up for others, who gets to know others, who lives my life from a place of, it's not just about me and my career and my bank account, but it's, it's about me and it's about us and it's about the church and it's about what Jesus has called us to. I want to be about the priority that Jesus had. He laid down in his life for the church. Why wouldn't I make the church what Jesus loves so much and that he is building and who he is ultimately the pastor of? I want to fall in alignment and in unity with Christ. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit just by having mindsets and attitudes and unforgiveness in my heart. I want to, I want to deal with what I need to deal with in my life so that I can be part of the solution, that I can bring unity I need to have that conversation with my spouse. I need to have that conversation with my friend. I need to have that conversation with that person that I feel like they hurt me. I, I need to have that conversation because if not, I'm going to allow bitterness and I'm going to allow all kinds of brokenness to fester and I'm going to give the enemy a foothold in my life. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to choose to mature. I'm going to choose to be part of the church united. 
Friend, I just want to encourage you today that God has so much for you. And if you're looking right now at the screen, you're meeting in your living room, I want you to look kind of beside you. And if, if you're with your community group or you're with your family, I want you to either, if you're sitting next to each other, put your arm around somebody. Maybe you want to join hands and pray. But I think it's important that we're together, even how we're on the stage now together. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to preach today here again from, from our auditorium here at First Assembly. I wanted to be part of the worship. I wanted to have the team with me because it's a picture that I'm not just up here by myself or behind a camera or I, I'm here with, with the body of Christ. I'm here with the church. We're, we're standing together and you're standing together. I'd invite you if you'd like to, you can sit, but maybe you could stand where you are too right now because I want to pray for unity a fresh anointing that would come as we commit our hearts to coming together forgiving one another and being the church let's pray together I just want to encourage us even right now let's just begin to worship the Lord let's just start there Father we worship you God we honor you today we're hungry for more of you. We want to mature. Oh, because of where we are positionally, God, now practically, we want to grow and walk with you. We, we want to grow up in Christ. Well, God, would you heal areas of pain in our heart, brokenness, misunderstanding, division, where we've even allowed division or, or hurt to, to move towards anger and lashing out and, and speaking words out of a place of, of frustration or, or hurt or anger, even to other believers, even to other Christians. God, may it not be that blessing and cursing would come from the same mouth of the same stream, could not have bitter water and fresh water, but may it be, Lord, that we would now choose blessing, that we would now choose to fight for one another, to love one another. And so God, I pray now that as we position ourselves in a place of standing together as your church, behold how good and pleasant it is for God's people to dwell together in unity. There the Lord commanded a blessing. So Lord, I pray right now your commanded blessing upon First Assembly. I pray it would pour out even right now like oil. I pray right now oil would pour out, fresh oil. The oil of the Spirit would begin to flow over this house, over this assembly, over this people at this time, this moment in time, this day, this, this, this moment in history where you are setting us up for what you have next. I declare that we are a church united. I declare that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church of Jesus. And we're not sitting back and just waiting for the enemy to, to trick us or lie to us or get a, any kind of foothold in our lives. But we are 
advancing forcefully now the kingdom of God as we move together and we move forward in unity like an army, shield to shield, sword to sword, shoulder to shoulder. We choose now as the body of Christ, this local assembly, this local house, we choose now to move together, shield to shield, sword to sword, and we move together. And the fiery darts of the enemy, every one of them is being extinguished right now because the shield of faith is rising up against the enemy. And the enemy has no power, no place. We declare that the enemy has no place over this house. We thank you, Lord, for the covering of the blood of Jesus that is over your people. And we thank you, God, for the protection, even this time, Lord, that you've protected us from sickness. You've protected us, God. You, you've provided for us. You've helped us. You've healed us. You've encouraged us. And I declare now a fresh anointing. Pour out, God. Let the oil just run down from the head. Let the oil just run down. Lord God, over the body of Christ, over the body of First Assembly, let the, let the oil of the Spirit now come bring healing and help and strength and provision. Let that supernatural. Lord, we're going to do our part, but only you can do your part. So as we choose to do our part, God, we say now pour out your Spirit. Fresh oil upon every family, every person, every dad, every man, every woman, every child, fresh oil, God, today. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, before we worship, if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you just randomly tuned into this broadcast. Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, that he is Lord, that he died on the cross for you, you got to know he died on the cross for you, that he rose again. If you call on the name of the Lord, you, you will be saved. And you can just call out to him and pray something like this from your heart. Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me and come into my life. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to know you. I put my trust in you. Friend, today you can know that you're saved and you're right with God and you're going to heaven. We want to help you. There's a button where you're watching that says next steps. Or if you could type in the social media, that just says, hey, I want prayer. We'd be happy to pray for you and follow up with you today. Friends, we're going to worship. So let's, uh, you're probably standing and we're, we're praying. We have a few questions for you right at the end. If you want to hang in with your family, and go through the questions, but we're going to worship again. Let's worship together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.